Uh, hello and welcome to the Sheeple News Podcast, uh, episode number six. And today is the 26th of June 2021. Uh, so I'd like to start off here talking about um, the border crisis in the US. Um, so you've probably seen in the news, Kamala Harris um, has been pressured into visiting the border the US-Mexico border. Um, This has been going on now for weeks, maybe months now. It's been so long that she's been pressured into going to visit the border uh, because there's been a big influx of illegal immigration there into the US um, since this administration has um, began, the the Biden administration. Uh, There's been steadily a bigger and bigger uh, immigration problem there at the border, and Kamala Harris hasn't done anything at all. Um, she's done many interviews about um, why hasn't she visited the border, and and she what she do? She she just laughs. That's all she does. She just laughs. Um, so now she's finally visiting the border, but that's because of Donald Trump saying that he was going to visit the border, I think it was um, on the 30th of June, I think. Um, So Trump has made her visit the border indirectly. So that's how much power he has. Even now he's not in office. He's still got all this power to pretty much make the current vice president visit the border that's all he had to do was release a statement about it, that he's going to visit the border himself in Texas. And now she's finally doing it. So this article here on Infowars uh, says the former CBP chief says that Kamala Harris helped create illegal immigration surge to the US. So it says the former Customs and Border Protection chief Mark Morgan says Vice President Kamala Harris helped drive a surge of illegal immigration to the United States. It says on Friday, Harris and the Department of Homeland Security, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, visited the U.S.-Mexico border in El Paso, Texas, so five months into an illegal immigration surge that is expected to bring 1.2 million border crosses to the nation by the end of 2021. That's crazy numbers, that is. It says, though Harris has rebranded the influx of illegal immigration as migration chaos that needs only to be managed, Morgan said in a statement that the vice president and Mayorkas helped create the problem when they gutted former President Trump's border controls and strict interior immigration enforcement measures. So, you know, Trump got a lot of the wall built, and Trump was very strong on having a strong border, having a lot of uh, agents there patrolling it, and also working with the Mexican government to get them to also help with the situation at the border from their side, which they did. And since he's left office, this problem has gotten much, much worse. 
because this useless woman doesn't know what she's doing, either doing this on purpose or just because she's so stupid and she really doesn't know what she's doing. So it says here on the article that Kamala Harris finally went to the South Texas border. So since being appointed to fix Biden's border crisis, Vice President Harris has done everything she possibly can to distance herself from the crisis, hiding behind terms like root causes to escape scrutiny and criticism for her boss's open borders agenda. So Morgan, a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation and the Federation for American Immigration Reform, said, It's sad that it took former President Donald Trump's announcing a visit to the border himself. There we go. See the statement here. Presenting the Biden administration with an optics nightmare to finally force Harris to visit the border. So not surprisingly, she's intentionally staying clear of the Rio Grande Valley area, the current epicenter of the southwest border crisis, where they have experienced more than 270,000 apprehensions this fiscal year. We know this trip is nothing more than a political stunt, rather than a substantive action designed to solicit open and honest feedback from border control agents who are dealing with the crisis, Harris and her chief architect, Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, has, uh, have created. So given this week's shameful ousting of Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott, an accomplished 29-year career veteran of the agency. For having the courage to speak his mind and oppose certain radical policies advanced by Biden's DHS, it's clear they have no intentions of securing our borders. But this visit is an effort to impact optics and get a few good photo ops, rather than drive any meaningful policies addressing the national security crisis at the border a crisis jeopardizing every town and state in our great nation. So, uh, see, this is just to show that she is actually going to visit the border. She's going to have a look and uh, just kind of just show on, on the news that she's going to fix the problem there, but she's not going to fix anything. So it's just for optics, it's virtue signaling, it's the show, you know, I am actually here to help. But what's going to be done? Well, nothing. All right, so next up we've got here on the Gateway Pundit. says, Nike CEO John Donahoe, is a great name, uh, bows to Chicoms, uh, the Chinese communists, admits that Nike is a brand of China and for China. So it says down here, Nike CEO John Danahoe admitted on Friday that the company is of China and for China. Danahoe made the comments after the Chinese communist regime scolded the company for criticizing its Uyghur slave labor camps. <laughs> I love these these big companies. They love saying, you know, uh, supporting the Black Lives Matter movement and saying how bad it is for a black person living in America and the West, you know, that they've got they've got white people and they've got cops around every corner waiting to kill them. 
you know, they're, they're being uh, chased down the street. There's people want to kill want to kill them, and it's so bad for them to live in these countries. And saying, you know, gay people are getting harassed everywhere, and that you can't be a gay person living in these countries in the West and the U.S. when they're actually the most tolerant societies and the most tolerant countries in the world. You know, everyone wants to move to these countries that have been uh, persecuted, that have been um, chased by the government, the government's been after all these people, people from North Korea, people from all these um, communist countries, all these fascist countries, they all want to leave these countries and go to Western country because they're the most tolerant ones, they're the most liberal ones, they're the ones with the most freedom, they're the ones that you can live if you're, you know, a political prisoner you can move to these countries and live in relative peace. But they don't say anything bad about China. If they do say anything bad, China's quick to say, you know, stop saying that, otherwise it's going to be trouble. And they always back down, always do. Well, 99% of the time they back down and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, it says here on the BBC reported, uh, the boss of Nike has made a robust defense of the firm's businesses in China after facing a consumer boycott there. So he said that Nike, Nike is a brand that is of China and for China in response to a question about competition from Chinese brands. So he was speaking during a call with Wall Street analysts about Nike's latest earning, earnings report. The comments come after the sportswear giant was recently hit by a backlash over statements about Xinjiang. So this just shows that whenever someone does say something bad about China, they do have to quickly go back on their word and they have to uh, come up with a forced apology. So I just think it's something that needs to, needs to stop now. They need to, they need to say, you know, we are using these labor camps here we're using kids to uh, make these shoes you know if they're to show the conditions and uh, the way they treat these workers here i think maybe you know a lot of people would boycott these uh, companies you know they're, they're hypocrites they say one thing they do another thing you know so uh, these their Black Lives Matter only it matters in the U.S. and all these these uh, lives they're trying to uh, protect and they're trying to show their support for. They don't matter outside of these countries, and it's just virtue signaling. It's it's a load of crap, really. So now on the topic of Black Lives Matter, burn, loot, murder, uh, we have here another article from the great website that is the Gateway Pundit, says that NYPD hate crime task force investigating vandalism of George Floyd statue. So George Floyd, or St. Floyd, as he's now called, uh, it says here that the NYPD hate crime task force has deployed a team to investigate the vandalism of a George Floyd, or St. Floyd, statue in Brooklyn. You see all these <laughs> these statues and monuments now popping up in these uh, cities in the U.S. over this guy, this big 
druggy, drug addict guy that held a gun uh, to woman, a pregnant woman's stomach. There, I mean, this is the guy there. They're revering as some sort of saint. So uh, it says the murder and violent crime have skyrocketed in New York City, but law enforcement has sent out the cavalry to find the people who spray painted the statue. Ooh, this is very scary. We must find these bad boys. Says the New York Post reported, police released footage of four suspects wanting or wanted for vandalizing the newly installed George Floyd statue with the white nationalist graffiti in Brooklyn. The East Flatbush statue, which was unveiled last week during a Juneteenth celebration, yeah, Juneteenth uh, holiday, new holiday to, uh, for the black people to celebrate, and ended up being a day where thousands of people uh, were shot and hundreds of people were murdered so, around all these cities in the U.S. Um, it says, during a Juneteenth celebration was defaced at about 4 a.m. Thursday. The phrase Patriot Front, a white nationalist hate group, was painted over the inscription, police said. Black spray paint was also smeared across the sculpture. The NYPD hate crime task force is investigating the vandalism. Another George Floyd statue in Newark, New Jersey, was also defaced. A 700-pound bronze George Floyd statue was unveiled in Newark last week. A Newark police sergeant noticed the statue had been defaced with graffiti. The face of the statue was also painted black, and there were white words painted on its torso that referred to the Patriot Front, a group that Southern Law Poverty Center has identified as white supremacist extremists. The defacing of the statue of George Floyd has been a trend around the country, Newark Mayor Ras J. Baraka said in a statement. This horrible act is the very reason that the statue needs to remain and be upheld. As this is not just about George Floyd, it's a deliberate effort to push back against and ultimately dismantle systems of hatred, racism and white supremacy. We celebrate those efforts in Newark and will continue to do so despite the ignorance that, that has reared its ugly head. So, there you go. Lovely St. Floyd statues popping up all over the world. Uh, there might be one in your city soon. Never know. Um, yeah. And uh, Derek Chauvin, the police officer, he's been sentenced now to, I think it was 22 and a half years in jail. So, um, and which this, anyway, there's still to this day no proof that that, the actions of the police officer on George Floyd were motivated uh, because of racism. It's just because it was a white cop and a black person involved in this incident. If it was a black cop and a black person, nothing would have happened. Or white cop and a white person. Or black cop and a white person. Nothing, nothing would have come of this. Wouldn't be, wouldn't have been on the news at all. But because it's a white cop doing it, they just automatically assume he's a racist, just because what the actions that he did on that person, you know. So it's very weird that people 
automatically assume that he was racist because he did that to the guy. It's strange. Um, the whole trial of the George Floyd thing was uh, something of like a third world nation. I mean, the mobs, they, the mobs demanded, you know, so-called justice. But I mean, if George Floyd had been at home with all those drugs that he'd taken and died there of a heart attack from an overdose, people would have said that was a normal thing. Because, I mean, he took a tremendous amount of drugs and there was a tremendous amount of drugs in his system that, I mean, that probably would have killed, like, a couple of horses. <laughs> There's the amount of fentanyl he had in his system. I mean, because of what happened on that day, I mean, what that Chauvin did um, was totally wrong. And I think the police in America are very um, overzealous, you know, with what they do. The actions that they take is like zero to a hundred, just like that. Sorry, that was just my phone there fell down from the table. Uh, but yeah, it's zero to a hundred. The the whole way they go, it's it seems like a lot of cops have a, a power problem there. You know, if you they speak to you badly, they wanna. They want to arrest you straight away. You can't talk to them. And, you know, if you don't put your hands up straight away in one second, they'll shoot at you. So um, I think it's more to do with um, education, uh, police training. I don't think it's very good in a lot of uh, lot of areas of the U.S. Maybe it should look elsewhere in some European countries. I mean, they can't go one extreme to the other as well, you know? So, it's a fine balance, I think. Alright, so the next article here we have from InfoWars saying that Sydney enters a hard two-week COVID lockdown after authorities report 80 cases of Delta variant. So, Australia's largest city, Sydney, is placed under strict lockdown for two weeks. Expanding on COVID-19 measures already put in place in some areas in order to contain an outbreak of the Delta variant. So the restrictions which are going into effect on Saturday mean that people can only leave home for essential work, medical care, education or shopping. Authorities have argued that the measures are needed in order to stop the spread of the infections. Sydney already recorded 80 cases linked to the COVID-19 strain of the Delta variant. Even though we don't want to impose burdens unless we absolutely have to, unfortunately this is a situation where we have to. The New South Wales State Premier Gladys Berrettian said. Uh, the lockdown is also applied to several regions surrounding Sydney. The rest of the state will have limits on public gatherings and require masks indoors. Uh, so this would be very good for the branch Covidians. The people love wearing their masks everywhere they go. And everything they do, they're wearing a little mask. Uh, more than a million people in the city's downtown area, as well as nearby suburbs, were already put under lockdown on Friday. The officials decided 
that more stringent measures were necessary to rein in the variant. Uh, the initial targeted restrictions were criticised by some healthcare professionals who called for a total lockdown of the city. Earlier this week, Bereklian warned that Sydney was entering its scariest phase of the pandemic due to the spread of the Delta variant. So isn't that never going to end? More and more variants. It will be variant here, Delta variant, there will be an Echo variant, Foxtrot variant, and all that. You wait and see. Even everyone's been vaccinated, they'll say, oh, variants are too powerful for the vaccine. Oh, well. Back in the house you go. Australia has fared better than many other nations in the fight against COVID-19, recording 30,422 cases and 910 deaths since the start of the health crisis. The strict measures come as numerous countries around the world begin to reimpose COVID-19 measures amid concerns over the spread of the Delta variant, considered to be more contagious. So, uh, What's going to happen then in these countries that have had max vaccinations now, like the US, uh, UK, Israel, and then are they going to go back to lockdowns now because of a variant? So, I mean, people getting the vaccine thinking they're going to, you know, get more freedoms, but no, no, you're not. It's going to go back to how it was last year. More lockdowns, more lockdowns, more businesses closing. It won't end until we say, you know, until we want it to end. We say enough's enough. That brings me on to the next story here. In uh, London, there's been massive protests against lockdowns. People sh chanting enough is enough. The people of London have had enough, it says here in the Gateway Pundit article the massive protests against covid lockdowns have broken out in london the event is called the freedom march and the crowd size is massive oh it says here a massive freedom protests now going on in london today on saturday and uh, many tweets here on twitter saying big freedom protests again in london today are you watching Boris Johnson? Tyranny will not be tolerated in these aisles. And says, wow, easily the biggest yet, and it's still early. There are a lot of people here. Hashtag London protests. Hashtag freedom march. Hashtag undone. Great party atmosphere on Regent Street. And another tweet here. June 26, 2021. We the people say no to medical apartheid and no to vaccine passports. A hashtag London protests, hashtag freedom march, hashtag undone. And the great Nigel Farage here, the former European Parliament member and Brexit Party leader, spoke out on the protests and threw his support behind it. He tweeted here saying, the anti-lockdown protests in London looks big. Enough is enough. And uh, this comes uh, after the little weasel Matt Hancock, the health secretary, who's been caught kissing his aide 
Um, that's not really something you want to see. <laughs> the picture of him there kissing her. And uh, the hashtag sack the cock <laughs> is going around Twitter. He has to go, this guy. And he was saying that people couldn't see their grandparents because, they, you know, they pass it on, they die, the parents die from COVID. And this guy's cheating on his wife with the, with his aide. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting what he's doing to his family. It's disgusting that the guy is saying one thing, doing another. He's a total hypocrite. I mean, these people need to be... I mean, thrown in jail, at least, a lot of these politicians now. I mean, that's a really nice punishment, really, putting them in jail for life. I mean, we see, look how scared they got. That January 6th protest, it was the mostly peaceful protest as well. The most peaceful protest they've had there in, in the whole year compared to the burn loop murder protest. You see the politicians there. In Congress, how scared they were. They're so scared when people were there. And they weren't even armed people. They weren't even there. They didn't go in there even to burn the place down or kill any politicians. They just went in there because really they're they having a day out. They were annoyed about the election results and they wanted them the politicians to think about what they were going to do that day and they're going to certify the fraudulent election results to Biden but look how scared they were, they were so scared they were hiding underneath their, their desks like little rats, the little rats that they are, that's what they are little rats you go to a rat there they're going to run away from you that's what they were the rats stealing people's money, people's food. They're trying to get away with everything. But they got so scared people went in there. Imagine if that was an actual insurrection like they said. I mean, I think if more politicians were scared and held accountable for their actions, they might actually do something good for people. You know, like stuff that Trump's, Trump did. Trump did at least 90, 95% of what he said he was going to do. Compare that to other, well, compared to politicians, because Trump's not a politician in, in, in my opinion. But compare him to other politicians, they say all these great things, like Trump has said, or even some even better things than Trump has said. And they don't do any of it. They do maybe 5-10% of what they said they were going to do. So I don't remember any politicians, any presidents or prime ministers doing what they said they'd do unless it was something bad that no one wanted and then they'd do it straight away. But anything good, you know, that helps the vast majority of people, mm, not so much. They don't really want to do that. They just want to help their friends. The other politicians, their donors or their masters, because it's people controlling them, rich people, funding them. You know, they're, they're puppeteers. They're the ones that are controlling all these heads of state, these politicians. Because, you know, they need the money. They need the money for their campaign. You know, how are they going to get millions of dollars, millions of pounds worth of money 
the campaign without rich donors. And these rich donors, you know, they have their idea, you know, of how they want the country to be run. They have they have their interests that's going to help them. So they're going to invest in certain things, certain industries, and they want the politicians to serve their interests because that's going to make them money. So these uh, these rich donors, they don't care about the general population, and that's why these politicians don't. Because they're just acting on behalf of these donors. So that's how we got to this corrupt system that we're at now. And now that leaves us to the last article here. Today is Saturday and it's also the day of a massive Trump rally. It says that masses of Trump supporters line up for Saturday's Save America Trump rally. So that was uh, Trump's uh, first rally now, I think, since about January. Yeah, January 6th it is. Uh, so it's Saturday night, so tonight in Ohio. And that's going to be at 7 p.m. local time. So I think it's about 12 p.m. Uh, GMT time, so 1 a.m. in... Uh, Eastern parts of Europe, Spain, France, those countries. If you want to watch it, be on YouTube on the Right Side Broadcasting Network. So it says that already masses of Trump supporters have already started lining up. You see here on Twitter, there's massive amounts of people here standing in line to watch the 40 to wait to go into the to into the concert, the the arena to watch the. 45th president of the U.S. It's Donald Trump. Uh, the rally is being held in support of U.S. House candidate Max Miller. So Max Miller is a former White House aide challenging Ohio Rep. Anthony Gonzalez. And Gonzalez was one of the um, U.S. House candidates that did vote to impeach Trump. Again, the second phony impeachment. So uh, <laughs> Trump doesn't forget those ones that... Um, no, crossed, crossed him, turned their back on him, uh, you know, these traitors. So, because of that, he's endorsing Max Miller, and he endorsed him back in February. Uh, this is what he said back then on February 26th. He said, Max Miller is a wonderful person who did a great job at the White House and will be a fantastic congressman. He is a Marine veteran, a son of Ohio, and a true patriot. Current Representative Anthony Gonzalez should not be representing the people of the 16th District because he does not represent their interest or their heart. So Max Miller has my complete and total endorsement. And Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ohio Representative Jim Jordan and Mike Lindell will all be in attendance as well. And Politico reported, among the Trump allies who have confirmed they will attend are Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, that notorious, she's a, she's funny lady. Uh, she said who has amplified conspiracy theories about the 2020 election. So these are always conspiracy theories, like the coronavirus coming from the lab in Wuhan. That was a conspiracy theory. Now it's turning out to be not so much of a conspiracy theory. It's more true, and also. Um, 
a lot of stuff that Trump said last year turn out to be true this year. So, uh, and most re recently apologized for comparing the push for the public to wear face masks to the Holocaust. And my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, who has made overturning the election a personal crusade and has been sued for defamation over his false claims that Dominion voting machines stole the election for Joe Biden. Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, a top Trump ally in the House who passed on a Senate bid in the state, said he plans to attend the rally too. So, yeah, it's going to be a pretty good rally, I think. And um, Trump's now going all over the country to support all these different, um, you know, House of Representatives, Senators that he wants to pick for his America First agenda. So he's picking these people who support him dearly and trying to push out all these fake corrupt politicians who uh, a lot of them voted to impeach him the first time and the second time. So he said enough's enough to get these people out and we need more unity within the party so it's not split because the democrats don't split even when even they hate each other there's a lot of them in in that party that really hate each other but when bush comes to shove you know they really stick together and they always vote in the same way even when they got completely different opinions different ways of thinking if it's one policy for the party they always vote together so i think this is what he wants to get he wants to get more unanimous voting base there in that party so they all vote together and there's not these people like mitt romney and these strange creepy people that are going to vote differently to the politicians that are more in line with Trump's policies, you know, they don't want to start big wars. They don't want people going abroad, getting killed. They don't want wars. They don't want high taxes. You know, it's like common sense stuff that most people like. Um, so that'll be it for today. Uh, we're going to try and do more episodes, uh, you know, a bit more frequently. I have been busy, so that's why there's been a delay. I apologize for that. So we'll see you again next week, hopefully, or if not, two weeks. And see you again for another episode of the Sheeple News Podcast. Goodbye.